Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the very first episode of Voices from the Northeast. The aim of this podcast is to collect together the stories of the people who lived in the Northeast. And I'm talking your school day memories, your memories of childhood, uh, the food you used to love, the cinemas that existed that no longer exist, uh, the, the, the places you went to, the people you knew the history that doesn't make it into the history books. We are going to share it all in this podcast. These podcast episodes are mostly going to take the structure of a conversation between myself and somebody else. And I'm going to start easy with family and then hopefully invite you, the listener, onto the show, either to have a conversation with me that we record, or even leave me a message. Now, I'll come back to that and explain what I mean by leave me a message later, but for now, we're going to start the first episode, we're going to talk to my dad about a childhood before health and safety. Hello. Hello. Are you there? <laughs> Evening, sir. How are we doing? I'm fine, I'm fine. Um... So when I was thinking about where to begin with this, I was thinking about um, how most of the stories you tell us are the ones where we end up saying, oh, my God, you'd not be able to do that now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So um, I sort of thought as a jumping on point, um, we could start with a a childhood before health and safety took over. Um, (laughs) In particularly the two stories that, always get me are um that story about the mine overflow pipe bit which i'll let you explain in a minute and yeah. uh, the island swimming stuff that you were telling me just the other day okay, so yes. um if we put it in context first um both of those stories would take place where well they were just along beside the river ones back next to in north seaton colliery um or or at sandy bay the mouth of the, the river ones back um <laughs> oh, this is back in the 60s i was just um, that was my next question was are we talking 1950s 60s well no this is the 60s i mean when i can count can remember these stories when i was old enough to probably get up to some of these things really because uh, i was you know born in 55 so uh you know they were in the 60s when i was 10 11 12 you know Okay. Well, then, with um, maybe a bit younger as well. Right. With a view of um, health and safety, didn't matter. Just remind me, um, first of all, of what the um, well, what I refer to as the mine overflow pipe challenge. What the heck was that? <laughs> okay. Right. Um, you you need know, to talk about context. I think just for people who who might not appreciate this, yeah. um, an old mining community was for me North Seaton Colliery and, and the surrounding area down to the Wandsbeck and, and down towards the, the mouth of the Wandsbeck, Sandy Bay, was was for, well, certainly for young kids uh, and certainly young lads, it was an adventure playground. <laughs> it was, uh, it, and anything that kind of went on, you could you could have so much fun with the surrounding area, you know? So the, the mines overflow pipe, um, there used to be a, a, a deep mine at, at North Seaton Colliery, uh, which my grandfather uh, worked at as well. And um, it had a pipe that used to pump the water. So 
obviously all mines fill up with water occasionally in the seams and they would pump the water out from the mine and there was a a brick built tunnel would come out into the river Wandsbeck just down from part of the colliery called Waterside Cottages just along from there towards the mouth of the Wandsbeck and uh, this this pipe was uh, was definitely big enough for young lads to crawl in well actually not just crawl but get in uh, and just bend your head down and actually walk inside this tunnel effectively a brick built tunnel um so you could walk underground so and, what uh, age are we talking when we say young lads oh well probably that was when we were uh nine nine ten eleven something like that yeah those ages really okay and those waterside cottages do they still exist now or are they gone oh no they're gone they're gone i mean you can actually if you walk down to that part of the ones back you know having lived there uh well we were down there the other day you can still pick out where the waterside cottages started uh, the mm-hmm. little road that took them right down onto the water's edge as they were called waterside cottages there were small boat jetties down there uh, wooden boat jetties and, and there's more stories i could tell you about those as well um <laughs> but but just along from there along from the cottages was this mines outflow pipe basically and um you could walk down through past waterside cottages along the river and uh, come to this brick built tunnel and um <laughs> what we used to do was kind of dare each other and uh, and and before i got too much further i should say it was probably a pretty silly thing to do but at the time we were taking what we called calculated risks and we <laughs> would we would go inside the tunnel with a torch um and we would actually two or three of us would go up into the tunnel and as you got so far in and and you know uh it felt like a, an absolute long distance but it probably was no more than i don't know 40 yards or something like that that maybe is even less than that to be truth known um but but as as lads you know you kind of build the story up a little bit but the truth was mm-hmm. we used to wait and you could hear when the sluice gates that opened and they would allow water to flow out so when you heard the sluice gates you get as close as you could when you heard the sluice gates that was yeah signal to get out of the tunnel as quick as you could. The, the tunnel was never going to be a deluge of water completely filling the tunnel, but it'd certainly be enough to come up past your knees and, and be quite fast flowing. So yeah, that was one of the things that we used to do, to see how far you could get before the sluice gates opened. And having lived there a few years, you, you kind of got to know roughly the time of day, um, what schedule it was for when the sluice gates were going to open. So you'd try and time it. And this was before watches and things like that. We didn't used to carry watches. We just roughly knew what time of day it was when we'd gone out to play. (laughs) So then it was like, who could get out the pipe the quickest and uh, still get wet feet, but you you weren't going to get flushed off the pipe, through the pipe, if you know what I mean. It was never that that bad. But you get wet feet. Yeah, not, not the most sensible thing to do, I'm sure. But no, uh, no, probably it, not. We we took it as a calculated risk, and and and, a, and the, as as kids, you kind of think, "Wow, can we dare to do that?" And and we did a few times, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and down in the same bit. So oh, I, don't, 
and we always got told off about it by the way so there was always always somebody had seen we go there and you know it'd get back to our parents and you know have you been down to that water off, 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 off? no 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 well yes you have yes you have. <laughs> and you just get told off so um yeah we did get told off <laughs> i'm assuming when you came home you know like were muddy and soaking wet ankles at the very least uh i gave it away uh well yeah but you could get that just from walking along the shore so <laughs> it wasn't easy to then. determine the difference you know what i mean so yeah yeah, yeah. well in in keeping with i mean that we're talking down at the mouth of the ones back so it let them um, it makes sense to do the other one um as well the island swimming oh yeah or the island swimming challenge gone yeah well as i showed you the other day and you can actually i can actually still pick it up with when the ones back starts to fill when the tide turns and starts to come in of course i mean they used to, we used to say we're going down to the the well some people would say it poshly and say the chain because there was a chain ferry there many years ago between camas and and the, the just below sandy bay caravan park but we, by chain ferry we mean literally what a chain between the two points of the of the shore yeah one side and the other and you pulled yourself across on a bit of well, water now there was a boatman there was a boatman used to very people okay. back and forth basically but it was a chain and yeah. um i mean these chain ferries still exist in various places but anyway we we you know in the in the using the northeast parlance it was the chain so we would <laughs> go down to the chain which was the mouth of the ones back and uh, we used to go down there lots, you know, just go down. Uh, we sometimes used to go um, fishing down there. Sometimes it was just to go paddling in the water. Sometimes it was just to play around in the sand dunes and, and all sorts, you know, and venture. But one of the things that we used to notice was when the tide turned and it started to come in, there was an island, a sandy island in the middle of the Wandsbeck, in the middle of the little bay, the sandy bay. Um, and the water would fill around and come in and flow both sides. So basically, this island in the middle, as I kind of was pointing out the other day, it would there would be a channel coming both sides, fill, filling up. And um, most of those times, we'd, we'd left our shoes and socks at the side of the bank and we'd already gone onto this sandy island. And sometimes it was as it might have been fishing or whatever, other times just plodging around. Um, and the challenge used to be to see who would stay on the sandy island long enough as the tide came in to yeah. see who, who would then be the last to get to shore where your shoes and socks were. And, um, you know, occasionally, um, <laughs> occasionally you couldn't just wade across the water. If you were staying there the longest, you ended up having to swim across the water to get back because you'd left it a bit too long and, and the, the sandy island was almost gone by the time we decided to move and again that was another example where we all would could swim and we all, mm. we all decided who did it um you know I was, I was originally i think i told you this story last year when we were talking about my friend robert robert jameson we used to go there and dare each other who would stay the longest and then <laughs> and then you'd have to stay out longer for to dry uh, or dry as much as you could before you uh went home because your clothes would definitely be wet and uh, you know you could just say oh we've been plodging and we fell in the water but but that was definitely one of the, the other challenges that we did at the uh in the Wandsbeck river so, and i mean the Wandsbeck, it's not i mean at that point as well it's not exactly narrow that's a wide point of the river i mean was it was it, was it wider or narrower back then um, it probably was a little narrower back then i mean i think when they put the weir in 
years later, the weir that you see below the bridge changes mm. the flow a bit of, of the river entrance. Um, so, you know, I can always remember more sand dunes down that area coming out a little bit more, but they've been eroded away over the years. So it was probably narrower, but, you know, you still were talking, I don't know, 20, 20, 30 yards. You would have to wade from the island if you stayed longer, the longest to get to uh, another piece of sandy sandy oh, beach, basically. Uh, and then, and, and as well, I mean, this is like right at the mouth of the river. So this is as it opens out into the North Sea. It's not far from it. Like having looked at it just what two days ago, um, it's it really is. It's the last bit of the river, isn't it? It's the mouth. Yeah, it's before the very narrow channel that that was where yeah. the chain ferry was. So I mean, that, that narrow channel that you see now is is pretty much as it was when we were kids. Um, no, I'm just thinking from the safety point of view. Oh yeah, exactly. current stat, you know. Like, I mean, that's, that's oh yeah, the safest activity to well, do on an afternoon, is it? At the time, the current was that it was flowing into the river as opposed to out of the river. So. Mm. So the again we argued that that was safer, didn't we? Well, we I guess in our mind it was a case of well it was going to wash we're in the river rather than out. Um, so we were kind of swimming swimming with it coming in as opposed to swimming with it going out. We wouldn't have tried. We certainly wouldn't have been trying it that way. That's for sure. That was always a more dangerous point. So it uh, yeah, but yeah, uh, you know people you would laugh and say the good old days, but uh, you know those. It probably wasn't all altogether safe. Um, <laughs> wasn't, do you think? Maybe. <laughs> I guess thinking back now, yes. But yeah, we took calculated um, guesses as to who would be all right doing it, and you know, we were, we were, could all swim, and I know that's no excuse. But well, that is a difference. But I mean, I suppose there's a lot of kids. As a teacher, we I know this that um, there's a lot of kids can't swim when they get to school now. You know, high school even they they somehow have managed to miss out on swimming. Yes. Yeah, no, no, we we could all we could all well, I'm not I'm sure, not sure everybody could swim, but certainly the ones that went and did that, we could all swim. There was none of us who did that who couldn't swim. But there were times when you did, you came across off the island, and it was a case of wading through the water as it flowed in, and it would be up to your waist, and you could wade across. We didn't always leave it till the point where you had to swim, but occasionally, yes, you had to swim. <laughs> yeah. Damn me. Right. Well, be um. I, I, I did say just those two stories, but um, I text messaged uh, little brother whilst I was doing this, and he's his first response to health and safety stories was get dad to tell you about breaking his arm on the same wall twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so this is the bonus round. You got it. You got to share that one. <laughs> bonus round. Oh yeah. Well, we lived at one Chapel Row, North Seaton Colliery, which is again that doesn't exist now. No, does it? it does. Well, you can still pick up where the road the road was pretty much. You know, in in rough relation, where would one chapel so, road be to what? So where you now? where you go down now, um, past B and M, and past the, the the garage on the right hand side, the Kia garage, and places like that. When you get to the bottom of the road and you turn left to go to the tip, if you turn right there, you'd be heading up into the the village where you had the likes of Institute Row, Chapel Row, Railway Row, places like that, and the the Miners Welfare Institute up there as well. Yeah, the playing fields. And again, at a later date, I can tell you stories about the playing fields and the institute and all that. But so we live one Chapel Row, and and as it suggests, it was right next to the chapel. Um, and the chapel in those days, the walls were built with very large 
semicircular coping stones on the top. So these weren't flat topped. They were smooth, almost like granite type smooth stones that had been polished on the top of quite a high six foot wall, brick wall. And um, as everybody does, you, you climb on walls and you climb up gates and you walk along the walls and whatever. And um, I, I managed to do that twice and, and fall off twice and, and broke, broke one arm once and that arm got fixed. And, um, and then lo and behold, did it probably about a year later and fell and broke the other arm. So, so, so I, I didn't learn from my first mistake, but uh, it was it was, you know, it was good fun to climb on the walls and see how far you could get. And other times you just crawl along the walls, but you're still going to fall six foot off the wall. And did you, did you um, always keep your cast on? <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you've heard this one before. Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I think that might be what brother was uh, yeah, I can't remember whether it was the first one or possibly the second time I brought I think it was the second time. And as, as the arm heals and yeah, inside the cast, your arm loses a bit of its little muscles and, and whatever. And so it gets a little bit loose on your hand. Um, one of the things we used to do was go and play football at, at the field. And um, on a sun Which field? Uh, the playing fields up at the, up by the welfare at North Seton. So we'd go and play football. Right. And and my parents, being Methodists, didn't like the idea of playing football on a Sunday. So um, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't play football on a Sunday. Anyway, so um, there was one Sunday we'd been playing football up in the fields. And... Uh, I, my hand, my arm was getting better, so I, I took my cast off to play football. And um, fo foolishly, this is why it tells me it was the second one. Foolishly, um, I slipped the cast on the wrong arm when I went home <laughs> around the rock. <laughs> the forearm, it was on my forearm. And I got in, and, and um, I remember my mom saying, Have you been playing football? No. Well, why is your plaster <laughs> cast on the wrong arm? bit of a giveaway unfortunately bit of a giveaway so then had to slip the cast back off and put it back on the right arm so that you know that was that was telling me mum dad that um my arm was getting was pretty well mended by that stage but yeah yeah thought i got away with it but i didn't Dear me. well um we're gonna we're hitting at about the uh 16 or so 17 minutes mark um we i'll uh i'll leave that there and uh, and we'll we'll kind of chunk these into sections so people can listen to them um, at their leisure rather than one long big project. And we'll do a few more. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you very much, and um, we'll do it again. The whole point of the project was um, I was thinking of all these different stories you've told me and uh, and Graham over the years and stuff, and I sort of thought actually um, it's it's those stories that. Um, people kind of connect to a lot faster and easier than the bigger stories of history. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, there's uh, Facebook pages and, and lots of photographs shared on there recently that I sort of thought, actually, it's the tiny little stories that people instantly share underneath those photos yeah. on Facebook that you kind of think, I want to know more detail about that. So longer term, the, the aim of this would be to, um, allow people to email me and I'll do the same thing I'm doing right now of um, they'll get a, a link and that will then allow me to ask them their stories and they can tell me their stories and then we can put them on the internet here and everybody in the area and then you know lots of people that lived here in, in Ashton and North Seton and 
Northumberland in general don't live here anymore. They live all around the world, as we keep seeing on the Facebook pages. Yeah. So I think there's probably quite a lot of people all over that, thanks to the power of the internet like this, can connect yeah. and, you know, share a story over a few minutes that other people can kind of listen to. I think it's a good way of um, saving what I would call, um, well, I guess, like personal history and real history yeah. rather than just the big brush strokes of history. Yeah. So thank you very much for helping me get it started, yeah. Dad. And I will talk to you. Oh, you're later. welcome. I'll now have to start and think of all the other stories that I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Start writing them down and we can get them more recorded. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll all right. Soon. Well, thank you very much for giving us the opportunity. It's, thank it's you. good fun. All right. Thank you, Dad. Bye now. Bye. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed that. My dad tells the most wonderful stories of his childhood, and it always kind of conjures up a mental image of the Just William books, the kind of childhood spent scrambling over um, muddy hills and through woods and trees, scuffing your knees and scuffing your shoes, and then smiling at your mam so you get out of trouble at the end of it. (laughs) I said at the beginning that this podcast is going to take the form of interviews with people and messages. What I mean by messages is that there is a brilliant feature on our website. Now, our website is anchor.fm forward slash Voices from the Northeast. And on there, you can press the message button and effectively leave me a voicemail message. Share a story that you've told your family a hundred times, but they always enjoy hearing. Share a story that you've never told anybody. Share a story with me that's long or is short. I don't mind, but I want the personal history of the Northeast. Series one, we're focusing, I say, close to home. Southeast Northumberland, I suppose. Still send me your story if it's not from that area of Northumberland because I will put it in the bag and I'll keep it for an episode that I think it's going to work in. And that way we get to share this beautiful, full, rich history of the Northeast. Thank you for listening to the first podcast. There are several more online straight away and more coming at least once a week. It's a pretty good lockdown project for me at the moment. Do enjoy them. Stay safe. Stay well. Well, hello, listeners. Welcome to uh, the secret message at the end of the podcast. I like this idea. Um, another podcast I listen to does this where um, you only find it by accident if you haven't pressed stop. <laughs> For my message at the end of the podcast, I thought I'd give a little bit more detail as to why the podcast exists. In 2020, the world tipped upside down. We found ourselves spending a lot more time at home than maybe we expected to. And I count myself blessed that I found myself at home with my mum and dad. And a lot of time was spent on sofas talking. Especially maybe as a retreat from the now. We talked especially about older days. Days gone by, the fun, the silly stories of the past, the things you remember. And I slowly started to think to myself that actually, you know, these things need documenting. These stories need to be shared. And there's a brilliant Facebook page that uh, my parents and and myself are part of. 
um, where people are sharing their memories of the local town. And I thought, actually, you know what? This would be so good to, to actually give people the opportunity to sit down and talk about those stories and then share them with as many people as possible. And now, it's a very stressful and anxious time for everybody. And one of the ways I've found to cope with that is audiobooks and uh, audio stories and podcasts. And as much as listening to them is, is great, it's a wonderful way to take me somewhere else, I thought actually getting some time to sit down and record our own podcast might um, might really give something to other people to enjoy and to contribute to. I keep saying to uh, my mum and dad, this is going to be a community project. I want this to be as many people's stories as possible. And I really mean that. So thank you for listening to the very first episode. I hope you will listen to the first four or five episodes that I'm managing to put together from conversations with friends and family. And then I hope you yourself will help contribute to this. I'm going to get an email address set up so you can email me if you'd like to take part in an interview. But until then, please leave me a voice message, just like you would leave a message on my answer machine. If you can go to anchor.fm forward slash voices from the northeast, you can press the message button. You can record a voice message, any kind of memory, any memory of the north uh, and the northeast, and particularly for series one, Ashington and the immediate area. Leave me your memory, and I'll include it in a future episode of the podcast. And you can help me to really build this community history. This is our own listening project. Thank you for listening, and I'm going to thank you in advance for taking part in this. Stay safe and well, everybody. Bye for now.